0: There's another squad
1: attacking. Welcome to the third party an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today?
0: I'm doing great. I've been preparing for this day uh, for almost three weeks now. So
1: (laughs) I love it. It's been a good time. We're going to be talking about mastering the legends today. We're going to be taking Fuse and Mirage. And as well, answering some questions. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast, and stop by our weekly stream, 4 to 6 p.m. PST. If you want two extra podcasts a month and tons of other exclusive benefits, join our Patreon with the link in the description below. If you're interested, it would really help us to continue doing this incredibly fun podcast. Before we do Mastering the Legends, let's hear some five-star reviews.
0: First review is coming from Chris on Discord. You guys knock it out of the park. As time has gone on, I've developed an affinity to Shay and yourself, and your content has always been good, but it continues to get better. I consider myself more of a close-to-mid range, and typically opt for a R301, Flatline, or Hemlock, but I'm trying to embrace the G7 more and more as you guys continuously praise it, and I've always enjoyed the triple take, but I feel the meta has shifted to longer engagements, so I no longer hesitate in picking up said guns. Thanks for what you guys do. I think the new twice weekly format is great and I look forward to each and every episode with the best features, in my opinion, being Mastering the Legends and By the Numbers. Great tips and strategies i picked up. Thanks again, Chris from Rugby in England.
1: Appreciate the love as always. Glad to hear your love in Mastering the Legends and By the Numbers, two of our favorite segments by far. Next review coming from Roman's Ramen, five stars. This is an amazing podcast. I'm a season one player, and this pod has really helped my playstyle and increased my win rate. I want to know if you guys could make a podcast on your favorite skins for Legends and or weapons. Thanks for the great podcast.
0: Thanks for the review, Roman. Um, it It's tough to cover skins mm-hmm. on a podcast. Um, we've gotten this question before, uh, kind of a while ago, but we don't see it as being super easy. Um, and so... It's not likely to happen, Mm -hmm. um, but we do love talking weapons and skins, maybe on a Patreon episode where we can have some supportive documents, Mm -hmm. but it's not ideal for our format. Definitely. Next review is going from Cobalt Ninja, five stars. Hey guys, first off, I just want to say that I can't get enough of this pod. Once you guys announced you were doing two episodes a week, I was like, yes, finally. (laughs) I've been playing since season zero and have multiple 20 bombs and 4K badges. You guys got me motivated to do more ranked so I got together some friends that are preds and masters that are willing to rank with me. Even though I think I'm a good player your pod still helps me out a lot. Always waiting for the next episode to release. Keep up the great content. P.S. I remember hearing another person say this but before I think it would be really cool if you guys got the boys from TSM here. Anyways love you
1: guys. TSM boys we would love to have them at some point is a work in progress right now appreciate all the love though happy we can help every skill level that's kind of what we strive to be able to do and this episode specifically caters towards that last review coming from Barrett50cal five stars best podcast out there first off I want to say that y'all helped me improve my game immensely after listening to this since season four I've noticed major gains I used to be struggling silver player but now I'm a averaging high kill games on my way to diamond thank you for all the help.
0: Barrett, that is an OG listener. We Mm -hmm. just started on the tail end of season four, so you have been with us since the beginning.
1: Appreciate the love. We're going to now dive into Mastering the Legends. I'll give a quick little overview because you're going to get into the first lecture of the day. But today we're going to be talking about Fuse and Mirage. And really, this is Henry and I diving as deep as possible into the character. At the start of each season, we alternate taking the new character and then as well fitting in someone else that we think Uh, It has some compatibility or just some comparison to the other legend, whether it be class, playstyle, or something. And so we're going with Fuse and Mirage this week. Uh, This is one of our favorite episodes. This is one of our most time-consuming episodes from a preparation standpoint. You'll catch us for the first three weeks of the season pretty much exclusively playing these characters. Um, Anything else maybe I forgot to say?
0: It's a solid segment. You know, we try to look at the legends at playing them at their best and kind of look at that's why we kind of look at them in a vacuum so that maybe people can decide whether or not they're going to unlock or buy this legend or if they think maybe they're missing out on something, we can kind of do the research, tell them the truth, give our opinions in there as well um, and really just do a a full on guide.
1: I like it. Dive in the mastering fuse for the people out there. Yeah. So
0: fuse. Um, Little intro first. Fuse was a much anticipated legend here, the third party. We just love grenades and the idea of introducing launchers uh, with an explosive enthusiast as uh, Fuse's subtitle reads made us really excited uh, for a legend that could really alter the entire game. Within the first few weeks, uh, we've observed that playing Fuse uh, at all levels, that people are playing Fuse and ranked Mm -hmm. and all over the place. Um, But the result is Fuse competes against very powerful legends. Uh, Fuse doesn't fulfill a defensive role or a survey beacon role or moving the team. And so in ranked and competitive play, they're really competing against those flex legends that can both push and pull enemies. We're talking Gibraltar. Bangalore, Bloodhound um, and I think that Fuse is best compared to Revan. actually with kind of a stronger passive than Rev but a weaker ultimate but let's dive into the abilities uh, and then make some further calls on that.
1: He's definitely in a tough competition set and so I think that's a good lens to really preface and look at this character with.
0: Yeah before we get into kind of the numbers and the playstyle, I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. some trivia. Now this blew my mind. Um, Fuse shares some similarities with the fake-out legend Forge. They're both Caucasian male fighters with a robotic arm and a white streak in their hair, and their names are also somewhat familiar, Forge and Fuse. When Forge was announced as the Season 4 legend, the lead writer, Manny, accidentally tweeted Fuse instead of Forge. This was one year before Fuse was released. In the Season 8 launch trailer, one of the signs says, Fuse forged by salvo has another nod to forge i'm telling you it blew my mind i don't really know what this means but the similarities uh, are really shocking to me um it pretty much indicates to me that fuse is a reincarnated forge
1: i love it i think it's really cool as well to see just like how much they look at their game to look towards the future and planning and how Much of the lore they want to pull from, they want there to be so many little things that you and I can go nerd out over, which is just great.
0: Pretty fun. But let's dive into this. First off, the passive, Grenadier, carry two grenades per slot and throw grenades further, faster, and with more accuracy. Truth is, this is solid. You know, more grenades, the better. Not going to complain about that. Grenades are very strong, and this doubles that strength. So very hard to say. It's not a really solid passive. Mm -hmm. Um, However, the speed of the grenade throw is actually a give and take. Uh, Launching frag grenades will likely make them ricochet off walls and maybe miss your target. He can do some tricky bank shots, but it is very difficult. Um, I recommend through my experience that you're leaning into the arc stars because they're the fastest And they stick, so they're not going to be bouncing all over the place.
1: I have a little question, because I've briefly played some Fuse here and there, and I felt like I was almost forcing myself to use grenades because of this passive. Have you felt that you really should just dive into it and try and lead in the fights with grenades? Or is there kind of a balance to find?
0: Well, I definitely feel that if I'm playing Fuse, it's my responsibility to carry nades Mm -hmm. for the rest of my team. So I definitely think that you should be using two or three slots with nades. Like that's six. That's That's a solid amount. Um, So I say, yeah, I mean, I think you should lean into this passive, use grenades. Um, You know, there are some people out there that are telling you, you know, go with the whole range, thermites, frags, and arc stars. Mm -hmm. I think you should probably lean towards the arc stars. Um, We'll talk more about it. Um, Another thing about this passive is fuse must load a grenade into the launcher And this animation means that you probably shouldn't rely on this ability for up close and personal use. Mm -hmm. This is something that I really kind of got myself into tricky situations at (laughs) where I was like, okay, I have all these grenades. This team ran up on me. Okay, I'm going to climb up on the roof and then put some nades on them. It actually slowed me down more Mm -hmm. and then it launching it so far didn't really help out. And so really I see this passive as kind of a long range deal where even though it, it shoots them faster, that animation is something that you have to account for and then you have to swap back to your gun. So there's a lot of time. I think you're kind of exposing yourself if mm-hmm. you're using it in close.
1: With great power comes great responsibility.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Little side tip here um, that might be obvious to some, but when you're using Loba's Black Market, which I hope you are, because she's a fun legend, um, you can actually pull two grenades uh, per pull. Uh, when using fuse, so that's kind of nice, being able to know, okay, I can get four grenades from this. Pretty cool. Um, then kind of talking more about different types of grenades, um, it's a difficult angle uh, with Thermites, with the speed and then kind of the impact and bounce of the frag. Um, really, I think you're going to lean towards those Arc Stars mm-hmm. um, just all across the board. Sticking an Arc Star faster and easier with, you know, it has a lower arc yeah. as you were to mm-hmm. throw a normal uh arc grenade without this uh passive this is a welcome passive you know Mm -hmm. the whole passive just allows you to have more arc stars throw them faster and more accurate that's excellent
1: it can be devastatingly overwhelming at times for you know enemies and you know it when it's a fuse because you know that these nades are coming in high velocity and a lot of them
0: absolutely now moving on to the tactical Tacticals usually, you know, the heart of a legend, very impactful ability, can really define their entire kit. For Fuse, it's the Knuckle Cluster, and what it is, is it's a cluster bomb that has airburst explosives that deal 10 damage with the stick, plus up to 40 damage for a total of 50, after all the explosions have happened. It's on a 25 second cooldown, and it takes 1.5 seconds for all the mini explosives to actually detonate. There's no impact on the teammates, but it will damage Fuse himself. Holding the tactical button uh, allows you to aim the cluster, which I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Releasing will launch. You can just give it a tap, do it quickly, but I think aiming this is going to really benefit you. Again, I think this is a medium-long range mm-hmm. ability, so aiming is important.
1: It's really nice that it doesn't affect the teammates uh, from a damage perspective. You do get the sound, but it's not a huge deal. Like,
0: Absolutely. and. Kind of another tip that I stumbled across while playing is that the arc that you're given for the cluster is different than for grenades. So adjust your aim accordingly and don't expect an arc star to move just like a knuckle cluster when firing each one back to back. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's sort of a technique that you use sometimes where you use the tactical and all your grenades all at once. They're not going to throw the same, Um, even though they're all getting launched through the same arm. Mm -hmm. It is a different arc. Now, the kind of special abilities on top of the damage profile of the Knuckle Cluster is that you can destroy Black Market Boutiques, Death Totems, Watson Fences, and Mirage Decoys in one shot. Pretty cool. As well as Amped Cover for now. This is said to be on the way out next patch.
1: Just the Amped Cover.
0: Yeah. Um, But these other abilities, not too bad. You know, it's kind of interesting. Are you going to be coming up to a Death Totem and all these, and are you going to want to spend your tactical on them as opposed to a few bullets. Maybe, maybe not. Um interesting little side ability. Mm-hmm. I think the amped cover uh was really cranked up. We said that on release. The big impact, the real I see, the biggest purpose for this tactical is it can destroy those single hinge doors. Um really big deal.
1: It can be overwhelming. Especially, you know, we've gotten so used to the throw the grenade on the door or you know kick the door down when someone's trying to heal on the other side and fuse can just do it with precision from so far away that it's uh hard to run away from a fuse in a way
0: it sometimes is no doubt um when we discussed fuse just on release we were kind of looking at the numbers and saying his tactical has the highest damage potential of Mm -hmm. any tactical in the game that's very exciting um but how can he actually get that to happen Mm -hmm. um Let's talk a little bit about strategies of this tactical. First off, again, door destruction, I think, is one of the biggest mid to late game strategies that you're going to use this tactical for. Mm-hmm. I do think it's very valuable to take away that cover um, and then use this tactical to hit enemies behind rocks and other cover. Essentially, this is not only for the fact that it might be able to do 50 damage to an enemy, but more to flush people out of cover. The quickness of the tactical, the arc of the tactical, um, the cooldown really make it so that if you're in the open and somebody is uh, behind cover, you can just launch this right onto their cover. Right now, it does scare people. We'll mm-hmm. circle back around that and the end on kind of the nuances of the tactical. Um, but I think over door destruction, fleshing people out behind cover, this tactical shines indoor. It's excellent in close proximity. Really, when enemies have nowhere to go mm-hmm. you can really not only scare them but do a solid chunk of damage to them indoors so those are kind of some strategies with the tactical it's cool
1: it's an intimidating one to go up against at times especially indoors like you were saying you know even if it goes past you it's still then you feel kind of boxed in and trapped in from a noise perspective and while the damage isn't like super overwhelming like 10 doesn't feel like a lot if you get tapped by it once it still just feels very intimidating, and you try to avoid it. And it'll be interesting to see, like you said, kind of how people adjust to it maybe when they learn more about it.
0: Yeah, next, the ultimate. It's called the Motherload. It deploys a ring of fire from a launcher that burns and slows enemies. It's on a 120-second cooldown. This is, again, the same as Caustic and Horizons. Um, Kind of some details about this is that, A, it explodes midair, and then fire falls down after a few seconds. So there is kind of a duration to this similar to calling in a bombardment um, or an airstrike. But there is a little bit faster. A hidden tip that was news to me for (laughs) the first two weeks that I was playing Fuse was that you can actually aim down sights. So you activate the ultimate before you you know squeeze the trigger, you can actually aim down sights for a 3X zoom. Great little secret scouting ability. On top of that, the range of this ultimate is 200 meters. By far the largest range of any ultimate in the game. Um, And really, I think the big note on that range and this kind of ability to almost use binoculars Mm -hmm. uh, from range is the third-party ability uh, is really quite significant uh, with this range. You can see a team across the map, launch this, and make it harder for them. Um, But maybe, uh, you know, break them up a little bit.
1: Yeah, honestly, slow down that fight so then you can roll up. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, the initial burn of actually touching the flames is 35 damage plus 8 damage per tick, maxing out at 75 damage per enemy. Um, Now, enemies can get singed and not slowed by the flames, which is hard to tell in the firing range, Mm -hmm. to be honest. But you'll find in-game that you're not always doing 35 to people. And I thought this was kind of interesting um, because you can hit people for only 8 or 10 damage um, if they're outside that ring when the explosion happens and they're still nearby. So there is kind of a scale uh, Mm -hmm. to the actual amount of damage, but the big thing here is containment inside the ring and slowing enemies and blurring their vision. If an enemy can't run and they can barely see, that's a good thing for you. So that's really the big power I see in this ultimate. The other very important thing to keep in mind is that it doesn't impact teammates, will burn fuse and slow fuse, but this fact really plays into how you're going to play as fuse, where you're going to be in relationship to your teammates. Now, a little bit more information about the fire. The fire actually burns for 17 seconds, Mm which is a ton. I'm not sure if I use the proper inflection for that, (laughs) but 17 seconds, like that's very, very long. You compare that to other zoning abilities like Gibraltar, things only come down for six seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not slowing down people that long. Um, Gibraltar has a shorter range. You can't throw it as far, kind of obvious, but Mm -hmm. it is a wider radius than this kind of small ring of fire. Bangalore has kind of an explosion duration of only five seconds once they actually start to explode. Much larger area. Caustic now may be kind of a sleeper here Mm -hmm. in this duration, but 23 seconds Um, as opposed to the 17 with Fuse's mother load. Does have a shorter range on that Caustic Nox grenade, but definitely rivals uh, that zoning ability. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're at a choke, you can toss this down and have a long time to actually run people aren't gonna the whole team's not going to be coming over unless they have some high mobility and they want to spend an ultimate to get past your ultimate. Mm -hmm. Now I think for that exact reason, uh, it's best for area control and denial through choke points rather than, you know, relying on as a huge damage dealer, um, kind of like the similar ultimates, you're not going to rely on Bangalore to really finish a team or do that. It's not, not all about the damage, more about area control Um, And for that reason, you know, I tried over the last three weeks to pretty much every fight lead with this ultimate. I don't necessarily recommend that. I think that it's better to use at the choke points a little bit more strategically and rely on the tactical and your weapons to really do damage. Um, I think the the timing of it and the size of it don't make it great to uh, lead as opposed to kind of how a a Nox grenade more Mm -hmm. so is. Now some more detailed strategies. Um like the tactical, this ultimate is a very much ranged ability. Um very hard because the animation kind of slows it down to mm-hmm. kind of just pull it up and then it's a little tricky to use uh you know in the heat of the moment. Indoor use is possible contrary to what we assumed uh before it was released, <laughs> but very dangerous. Uh don't recommend it even when things aren't going very well. Um you might not want to do it. Um, It doesn't burn your teammates. Like you can go down yourself, but sometimes you got to make that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that it really obscures vision and it lasts for 17 seconds, I don't know. You're going to have to kind of work it out with your teammates. I'm not sure if it should be a last ditch effort if your teammates are close by. If you're by yourself in a building (laughs) and you get rushed unexpectedly and you know you're going down, probably good to pull, you know, the explosion try and
1: burn people a little bit before your teammates roll up
0: yeah but indoor use in general not really recommended in that same vein you know don't use it as a panic ability with your teammates it's too slow it's not really going to help you out most often coupling this with a horizon black hole and a costa grenade or a gibraltar bombardment to trap people in the ring and deal a ton of damage is a really good combo. Scary. It's very, very strong. It's going to pretty much always be strong in my mind. Um, But again, that takes a lot of coordination. Um, When you're using the ultimate in the open, as I believe it's intended, I think you should just chuck everything. Mm -hmm. Um, This doesn't seem uh, super uh, well thought out or (laughs) strategical (laughs) as we try to make it on the third party, but I think that Fuse's entire kit is built to lean into these uh, explosive abilities. If you're pulling out the ultimate, you might as well be throwing all your grenades and all and your knuckle mm-hmm. cluster, pretty much do everything, throw everything you have if you have enemies in the ring. So you fire it, ring of fire comes down. If you got some fishes in the barrel, you got to just launch Go everything, for it. <laughs> um, which is kind of fun. Now, again, the flames obscure your vision. So using it to block an area. Really, really good, um, especially at a choke. And then get repositioning is really an effective option. Even if maybe you're coming up behind an enemy, you can use it almost like a smoke screen to mm-hmm. reposition. Even if you don't want to, you know, take them right then, right then. Um, another important point is the cooldown is so fast. Use this thing in every outdoor engagement you have. You might not want to lead with it, Um, but you could. Mm-hmm. So. Think about that. It's always sad when people, you know, lose games without using their ultimate, or lose gunfights without using their ultimate. It's strong. Uh, it does take some time. Does take some aiming, but it's worth it. Um, again, that time to aim, take it out, fire it, and then let the fire explode. It does take that time, so you do have to be very cautious. And then, last bit of little strategy advice is that. The position that Fuse should be in as the team is kind of the last one. Mm -hmm. Given the range of the passive, the range of the tactical, and the range of the ultimate, all being kind of long range, um, you kind of want your Fuse to be at the rear, pinging out where that fire is going to come down, and then the teammates can move freely, swoop in into the flames, take advantage of kind of that shock and awe tactic. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting. He's an offensive legend, but is more suited for the rear, more Mm -hmm. long range. Very interesting move and kind of how the kit's designed. Now some opinions on Fuse. He's fun, but not meta-changing like Horizon was. And it's hard to be meta-changing like Horizon was for sure. Very much true. Um the grenades are excellent, but the passive kind of gives and takes again with that ease of use from throwables. The tactical is fantastic for busting doors and has the highest damage potential of any tactical. Uh, but it can be avoided outdoors for the most part. Um, you do like it uh, mm-hmm. for flushing out enemies uh, from cover. And the 50 damage does hit. And it's nice, but it's not super common. And it's more of a scare tactic right now to get enemies out of cover. But as players get wiser, as I'm assuming, throughout ranked mm-hmm. and throughout the season, they're going to be more willing to take the 20 damage or so instead of exposing their entire bodies. Yeah. Um, so we'll see kind of how that plays out. The ultimate... Very difficult to hit, to be honest. The arc of aiming and the UI makes you slow down, and then once you've fired, the enemies have likely moved, and where that fire actually ends up landing it's often far from where the enemies currently are. Team composition. Uh, for this, you know, lean into the offense. Uh, Horizon and Octane are both really solid for mobility and getting that high ground. Caustic and Gibraltar can really have some nasty ultimate combos. Um, And then Pathfinder, I also have to recommend because high ground is important and getting that survey beacon for the end ring, very much recommended. Wrap it up with really, how do you master fuse? Number one, load up on those grenades, Mm -hmm. like Shay said at the beginning. Two, keep your distance. Use all your abilities simultaneously. Three, probably going to lean into an assault rifle and an LMG. It's quite strong loadout. G7 or 30-30 for range, and then up close being able to spray through the flames is a really great loadout with the Devotion or the Spitfire. Quick side note, <laughs> don't sleep on snipers. There are loads of gold sniper mags going unused on Kings Canyon. Snipers are really good, folks. It's important to use them, and Fuse, I think, is a good candidate. Last, number four, high ground only. Fuse's entire kit greatly benefits from activating abilities from above and seeing opportunities to trap enemies. So getting high ground is really crucial for Fuse's kit.
1: Fuse is an interesting legend in an interesting spot. That's how to master him. Any other kind of just thoughts on the character himself before we dive into Mirage here?
0: He's fun. I, I enjoyed playing him. I love his voice lines. I love the character model, um, but we'll say I miss Bloodhound. And I'm Mr. Beralter.
1: Yes, you'll be back to them soon, but maybe maybe a few will get mixed in here and there. Let's talk about now how to master Mirage. I'll start by saying I got a thousand plus kills on Mirage, which surprised me a little bit checking it out. Uh, and so, just so you know, I got some qualifications to talk about this dude outside of playing him religiously for the last you know two weeks, essentially. Let's get you a little intro on Mirage, though. The bamboozler himself, Mirage is not just overall a fan favorite, but a third-party favorite, and especially a favorite of my own. Uh, Introduced to us in the first cinematic trailer, Mirage is the first voice we hear, and one we continue to hear plenty of more times. The jokester fits right into this collection of legends and provides some humor that's much needed amongst a group that can sometimes be a bit too serious. Mirage has always been beloved by the community and lore nerds, but has found himself in an interesting spot in terms of meta. According to our interview with Daniel Klein, Mirage finds himself right in the middle of the pack in terms of win slash pick rate. And this is an ideal legend in terms of balancing, which is a tough spot for him to be in. Uh, Being caught in the middle can be a slight struggle. You know, he lacks some of the skills and versatility in his kit to crack into that like top three win rate and make serious impact on the competitive meta. Mirage is also an interesting case study because of his abilities and how they are balanced. Uh, We'll dive into his abilities in a second, but before it's worth mentioning that In the past, when given buffs, Mirage, according to Daniel, performs really well until then people kind of figure out how to recognize the decoys and then he'll slide back down again. So it's kind of a tough thing to balance in that way. Despite this, Mirage, when played at his peak, which is what I'm going to help you guys focus on and hopefully help you do, can be a legend that muddies combat creates chaos and provides a ton of information for the team, in turn contributing to big time dubs. Give you a little fun fact, too. I thought I'd fill in because you gave a fuse one. So I tried to find something. Uh, Mirage is the youngest of four brothers that all went missing during the frontier wars. If you're a Titanfall fan, that'll be familiar to you. Uh, Nothing is known about these brothers. But a long time ago, it was leaked that one of his brothers would be coming to the games as a future legend. Uh, Since then, that's changed and he's not even in the files or anything. It's going to be interesting if we ever revisit that and his family lore. We've kind of heard some stuff with his mom, uh, and so it'll be kind of cool to see if he ever slides in in that way. Anything about Mirage before we dive into the abilities?
0: Love Mirage. You know, season five, he kind of got revitalized. Yeah, um, we were fans before then. Uh, you know, he's in our cover art right mm-hmm. now, so Mirage is a is a big part of the third party. We enjoy all of his voice lines and the kit. Maybe it's not the most versatile thing in the world. Mm -hmm. It's not super competitive. But as an offensive legend, he can really mess people up. So with the right mindset Mm -hmm. and utilizing the full kit, I think that Mirage can be a very aggressive, effective legend.
1: He is solid. That's the word we come back to a lot of the time with Mirage. And we're going to talk about how you can use him at his peak to be effective. We'll start with the passive. Now you see me. Automatically cloak when using respawn beacons and reviving teammates, as well as spawn a decoy and cloak when downed. So when you're down this Mirage, you get cloaked for five seconds for a long time. That was his only passive. Uh, and that was a tough one. It wasn't very effective back when we ranked the legends. that was at the bottom of the list for us. Uh, so you also deploy a decoy that dies in a very theatrical way that I'm sure Mirage would, uh, which does make it obvious that it's a decoy to opposing players which can, good or bad, maybe it takes their attention. Maybe they just dismiss it if they've been playing for a long time. Uh, important to note, Mirage's hollow emitters are visible to players who are less than five meters away. So that goes from you know when you get downed or when you're trying to revive or when you're on that respawn beacon. If you're trying to you know get a respawn beacon off when someone's within five meters of you, you're probably in for some trouble already in that way. So not super important, but it's kind of important to note for that revive specifically. Also, Mirage flickers in and out of cloaking if he uses this passive in the zone, which is something I actually didn't know until I dove into this and did some research. That was kind of interesting to know. Some tips. Uh, Mirage has always been our gold knockdown user uh, because by all means, uh, we don't want you to go down, but invisibility does give him a chance to get away and get that self off sometimes. Uh, It's important to note as well that when you're crawling away, activating your knockdown shield will give you away even if you're cloaked. So, if possible, refrain from using it. Uh, moving on the ground while cloaked as well still moves particles of environment. So, you know, if it's dirt or snow, people will kind of be able to tell. So, just be a little cautious of that if you can and know that you're going to be more effective in a building or something if you're trying to finesse your way out of there in your five seconds. Uh, the passive while making you cloaked is still very loud when activating a res. And it's you're not 100% invisible. And, you, know, you were for a little bit when the update first came out. They kind of reverted that. Uh, and so while he's a really great reviver, you can't just like activate the revive if someone's looking right at you, thinking that you're going to be completely invisible and hard to shoot. You're kind of easy to track if someone's looking at you. In terms of pulling off that effective res, though, that you otherwise might not be able to do with other legends... Uh, Works best for me mid fight when it's a multi team fight. So there's a lot of gunfire to kind of drown out the sound of your revive. And if nobody's looking at you, you can send some kind of fun stuff in the open that otherwise you would have tried to, hey, get behind that rock or something. You can be a little bit more aggressive with your cloaking. If there's other variables circling around you, those other variables will hopefully play into the ultimate. We'll talk about that later though. Tactical, psych out. Send out a holographic decoy to confuse the enemy. Press the utility action button to control the decoy. This is on a 15 second cooldown. When you activate this ability, you deploy a decoy in a straight line to a point that you are looking at. It's kind of hard to judge that exact point. Um, The decoy will mimic the action of the real mirage. So if you're walking, running, or crouching, uh, it's going to do that. If you're midair, it will continue Mirage's momentum. It can't climb walls or ride zip blinds though. When the deployed decoy reaches its point, the decoy stands still and does the inspect weapon animation, unless you're being taken control of, which we'll talk about here in a second. The decoy has 45 HP, and when, a shot, when shot an icon will appear that shows Mirage and his squad reveals the location and distance of the enemy that shot his decoy. When the decoy disappears from taking damage, the you-got-bamboozled voice line is outputted uh, to the enemy, which is kind of a fun thing. This ability can be activated twice as well while skydiving. And if you're attached to your full squad, you'll send out a full squad of decoys. Pressing the utility uh, button, which is H, or down on the D-pads will mimic Mirage's actions. We'll talk about some tips now for this. The overarching tip with Mirage in his kit is be creative. You gotta think in a way that is not normal, Uh, and the best way to really use this decoy is to be as creative as possible. If there was a clear-cut formula, uh, it'd be easy to kind of tell you about how to master Mirage. I'm just gonna give you my tips, though. I think he's kind of one of the hardest ones to kind of say, do this, do this, and do this, and you'll be effective, because every situation is gonna be unique, and every situation is gonna be interpreted differently by enemies. And so much of what you're doing as Mirage is playing a mind game, which is kind of hard. So ducking around corners, sending your decoys out to maybe cause a little bit of confusion. That's one tip. Uh, Send your decoys at door entries, you know, if the enemy can see it. So sometimes that just adds another element to where they need to look. And then maybe you can pull off a flank or go to a window that otherwise uh, you would have been spotted doing. You know, send your decoys in one direction, run in a straight line in the other. Act like the decoy. Uh, To create some confusion, it's kind of easy to tell if one mirage is real, if one is running in a straight line and one is running serpentine. So you feel like an idiot sometimes, but you just need to run straight and really just be like, I am the decoy. In terms of controlling the decoy, uh, taking control of it is not an easy task, but it can be effective to do things like peek corners or have someone standing next to you while you take shots at someone. If you can get someone to unload any shots into a decoy while you shoot at them, you've created a real advantage in a fight. You know, Work on toggling off and on to control the decoys, to send it where you want, and then to take control of it. Control the decoys and put it on death boxes and windows, You know, situations where people would normally stand still to hopefully draw out some extra information if someone starts shooting at them. Some other just random tips with this tactical. Uh, while skydiving, Let your Mirage deploy his full squad, which can sometimes deter teams from dropping with you and getting yourself that loved uncontested drop. Uh, The decoy disappears and takes damage from grenades, knocks gas, fences, rolling thunder, defensive bombardments, and the mother load. So sending your decoys into these can reveal the locations of enemies to you and your teammates. Decoys also do not leave tracks for Bloodhound and are all highlighted by the tactical leading to Mirage being as close to a counter as any for our beloved Bloodhound. Ultimate time. Life of the party. Mirage deploys a team of controllable decoys to distract enemies on a 60 second cooldown. When activated, Mirage summons 5 decoys around him that mimic his movements. You turn invisible for 1 second before deploying decoys, but your holomitters are visible to players who are less than 5 meters away. Like the tactical, the decoys have 45 HP and alert you and your teammates when damaged by the opposing team. Tips be unpredictable. You got to be a little crazy when you use this ult to use it effectively. You're not invisible for long. And so if someone's looking right at you as you activate this ability, they're going to be able to track you. So to try and avoid stuff like this, change directions quickly once activated. You know, you have that one second kind of, so you got to be a little crazy in that one second. Um, uh, Something I like to do is hop around in a circle to make it kind of look like as hard as possible to tell which mirage you are you know you just try and look like a decoy kind of try and play a little stupid at time to confuse people buy yourself some time let your teammates do some work Uh, as well i kind of mentioned it briefly earlier but the ult combos well with the revive as the hologram will display your teammate and the audio can get kind of confusing to enemies to help you get that res up kind of hard to say spending an ultimate to get a revive off is a great thing to do But, you know, getting your teammate up can be helpful. It's not easy to use this ability as a get out of jail free card if you're activating this ability and trying to run away. If you run in a straight line, the direction away, as you're activating it, it's going to be easy to tell which Mirage you are. So you got to kind of do some weird things and be creative, like I said. Activate that ability while you're running away. And then, like, just turn and run straight at the enemy. And you might be able to confuse somebody here and there. So, some overall opinions on Mirage mirage is absolutely one of my favorite legends to play the unpredictableness and constant attempts to outsmart opponents leads to a fun play style the lack of power in one specific area leads to mirage struggling to crack into that top meta he can res he's not the best he can be aggressive he's not really fast though and not as effective as some of the other offensive characters Uh, he doesn't offer the team support that some of these other legends do mirage is really in the middle of the pack and that's totally okay he's a solid legend some of the best lore in the game. The developers love him. He shines and explodes in most of the trailers. Mirage can make you feel like the absolute smartest player to ever lay your hands on the sticks when you outsmart someone. It's also extremely difficult because your success comes from predicting opposing players tendencies and that's something very hard to do consistently and manipulating other players minds is hard to look at in a data perspective I think and that's why it's hard to give these hard tips on yes and this is what you should do and that's how you should do it you really just need to bamboozle people and that's kind of the essence of what mirage is be a little crazy have some fun and like i said you're just gonna feel like a beast when you outsmart something anything before i get into the team comps to throw in
0: i think that mirage is passive being able to revive with some degree of invisibility yeah is quite good but i'd say you have to use the ultimate. Mm-hmm. You have to use it and you have to uh, kind of walk the ultimate out. Mm-hmm. You know, you, no, can't you, can't, just you can't just hit just it in res. It, yeah. So you really have to kind of feel it, activate the ultimate, run them all around and then stick the res. And then I think it's very effective. Yes, it's your ultimate, but this is a 60 second cooldown. Mm-hmm. So it's not super valuable in terms of time. And the decoys are going to last for 15 seconds Mm -hmm. and a res is only about five. So you're still going to get to have your ultimate. Once you get them back up, you have some time. So I think it's a pretty good ability. I don't know where it lies in terms of Gibraltar, Mm -hmm. Bangalore, Lifeline, but you can really mess some people up. I think the audio is really, really good.
1: The audio is what you need. Like I kind of said, if you want to do it without the ultimate, It needs to be in a chaotic situation of a multi-team fight where people just aren't focused directly on you. And so you might be able to get that little extra res off here and there. But by no means do we look at Mirage and say, that's Gibby, that's Lifeline. Like Bangalore is probably the closer comparison. And even there, I don't think uh, he is like a clear favorite over her per se. Let's talk about some team comps, though. Mirage fits into a lot of team comps as someone that can kind of fill in a lot of those gaps that we've kind of talked about. Uh, You know, My favorite combo is Rev because a Mirage ult and totem is just hilariously overwhelming and fun at times. It just is kind of part of this whole concept of being creative and trying to overwhelm uh, the opposing team in a way that they're not used to seeing it. That's kind of what you got to do as Mirage. Do something that the team that you're fighting against is not expecting. I like to also partner Mirage with someone that has a bit of team mobility to add some speed into his kit. So, the Pathfinder, the Octane, Wraith a little bit, but more the Pathfinder and the Octane. And I think you could also make an argument uh, for Horizon to get in there as well as a team mobility. How to master Mirage though? Five steps one, be creative. Two, be unpredictable. Three, try to get into the head of your enemies. Four, relay information to your team when possible and five play smarter than everyone else and use that gained intelligence to create chaos amongst opposing teams easier said than done he's going to be a hard legend to learn how to play he's a very fun legend to learn how to play though and can have some incredibly satisfying moments the bamboozlers been one of my favorite characters in this game for a long time i'm excited we got to finally really give him some shine on this podcast
0: Yeah, I I think he does deserve it, despite Mm -hmm. what some people might say. And I have to add that don't listen to the haters. Shay and I have been playing this game for two years and have 1,500 hours on the game. Mm -hmm. We get bamboozled. Yes. So the decoys can actually be effective. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So the decoys are really good in that if you can get an enemy to shoot at a decoy while you're shooting at them, man, that's pretty strong pretty strong
1: it's pretty dang strong for sure let's wrap it up with some five star questions
0: first one's going from little roz five stars hey guys i started listening to this pod about a month ago and i already love it i'm a week one player and i've been through all the great times from the epic 200 damage pk headshots <laughs> to the april fools mozambique i have two questions first i'm a lifeline man and i have 750 kills i've been trying to get 1k but I, lately, it feels like the grind has been slowing down. Do you have any tips on how to help me to get the last 250 kills? Second, I'm a huge fan of Apex lore, and I was wondering if the Pathfinder's Quest book is worth the price, $35. Thanks for the help, and keep up the good work.
1: To answer your first question, little Roz, to get those last 250 kills, um, if you're a ranked player, play some pubs and maybe you know mix in some fun casualness in that way. Play with some teammates. It's a repetitive answer, but we're always going to say it. It's going to make your experience much more fun. Uh, You can give an answer too, but first I'll just say that I'm diving into the Pathfinder's Quest book right now. Uh, So far, easy to say, 100% worth it. There's a ton of information in there. The art's beautiful and the book itself feels like it's worth much more than 35 bucks.
0: Yeah, it is a dense book. We were very excited about covering on the podcast. I thought it was going to be easier. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we're going to be able to do it full justice on the, on a small show. So I think it's worth it for people to get it themselves. Um, for lifeline, she's a great legend. She's in my top four right now of the amount of games, the amount of kills. Um, I just keep it up. I don't really know how to motivate you Mm -hmm. more. Lifeline, super fun. You do have to play with teammates to really maximize her kit. Um, but I'd say, yeah, find some teammates maybe in the discord and I'm sure you can get to that 1000.
1: Question coming from CT27, five stars. I love this podcast. What is your opinion on heirloom skins? Do you think they're coming and do you like the idea?
0: Thanks for the review. Good question. You know, this has been rumored around, I I think maybe season six or maybe before, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a cool, cool idea. I do not think it's ever going to happen and I'm not super interested in it personally. I think that the uniqueness of, you know, the Bloodhound... Uh, Raven's by Axe. Very cool if it's green, purple, mm-hmm. yellow. Is that going to be cool? I mean, it's already so rare. I don't know if it needs that level of personalization. And then depending on the heirloom, I don't know, what are you going to do? Give Mirage a, a bronze trophy? It yeah. seems like it's not going to be easily transferable. And really, what's the point? It's cool, but I'd more like to see more heirlooms And get people more heirlooms.
1: I agree 100%. I would prefer the, you know, drones getting skins in the game before we get heirloom skins.
0: Next, got a question coming from Jake. I love your podcast. Five out of five. Have played since season one. I just found you guys a month or two ago, and it really feels like I'm getting the hidden details on things that are relevant in the game. I was wondering if anyone has had bad experiences with mic volumes playing cross-platform. I play Xbox, and whenever I play with PlayStation players like some of my best friends in real life, their mics are so loud I can't hear enemy footsteps to them, and I'm so quiet that they can't hear me during gunfights even when I scream. We are all just sitting platinum, but I'm not sure if it can work much longer. Just wondering if others have had the same difficulties.
1: We've had some difficulties with game chat. Even recently, we had an issue with Henry not even showing up in game chat at all, despite us restarting the game, doing all this crazy stuff. Um, In general, there's honestly not a ton you can do. You can make some adjustments in the settings to pick up audio levels and decrease the sounds of other things to maybe allow the audio to come through a bit more crisper for your teammates. Um, Honestly, I'm not too familiar with using game chat to really give some solid, solid advice, though.
0: It's a thing, though, and mm-hmm. it's too bad. I, it's hard because you have
1: crossplay, play yeah. but you
0: don't have a great way to talk with them right mm-hmm. now. It's really tough.
1: Last question through the email from Ben. Hi, Henry and Shay. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of months, and I've definitely improved already. I love your new two episodes a week schedule, and I love your lore theories. I find myself waiting eagerly for the next episode and coming home to chill and listen. It is just so relaxing. Keep it up, guys. My question is, what weapon combos do you think are the best for me? I th- for me, it's the R three hundred one and the Sentinel. But what are your thoughts? Love the podcast. Keep it up, guys.
0: Hey Ben, thanks for reaching out. Um, what a interesting combo thrown in the Sentinel there. We don't hear a lot of people uh, leaning towards yeah. that weapon. Um, to be honest with you, uh, we're not quite sure if I can give you one answer. That's kind of why we started the podcast. Um, <laughs> there are so many good loadouts. It's so hard to pick just one. Um, and really. We think now, in modern times, it depends on your legend. So it's going to come down to that, what's actually the best loadout.
1: I think uh, if you're playing someone that's a bit more aggressive, switching out that Sentinel for something that's got a little bit more close range, especially with Anvil being in the game for the R301, uh, you might have a bit more versatility in the chaotic up-close fights. But like Henry said, if you're playing a long-range legend and want to lean into the sniper, that's okay too. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five star review. Your question, we'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, The Third Party Podcast, and stop by our weekly stream. Check out the Discord via link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey, now another squad coming in. Boom! Whole squad down.
0: But I'm not today, maybe tomorrow.